What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 178. After a one-week hiatus last week, a uh, little little mix-up on, on, on my behalf. I was going to be out of town and uh, could have sworn I told Ben, and then after reviewing the text, realized I did not inform him of that. So that's on me. Y'all can blame me for no episode last week. Sorry about that. Uh, in this episode, we have some bold predictions uh, for the upcoming NFL season. Uh, not by us, however. It's going to be an, we're reviewing an article by a contributing uh, writer to NFL.com. Um, and, of course... Ben, you know, I, I'm not going to claim they're my team because I'm – I always root for New England teams, but I'm a Pats and Sox fan. I'm not going to try to claim the Celtics now they're in the finals. But you, my friend, are a Celtics fan and have been for a long, long time. And they are in the finals playing game two right now as we are recording this. And it's got to be pretty exciting if you're a fan. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Uh, and, obviously, uh, Celtics took game one, so – Hell of a fourth quarter, I heard. Hell of a fourth quarter. 40, 40 to 16, I believe it was. So, yes, they hit their shots. They played defense, and this is the number one rated defense. They have the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. This, this is feeling like this could be it. And it's no slight on the Warriors. They have one of the best shooting teams in the league, one of the best pure shooters to ever step on the court. But, hey, they just went into halftime, and they're down two points. They were up two points at the half last game, and they won it. So, wasn't – sorry, go ahead. I was just say I'll be happy if they come back 1-1, but realistically, I, I want to see a 2-0 coming back to Boston. Of course, because you don't, you don't want to give a team like the Warriors any chance with, with their ability to, uh, you know, tie it up and take a lead. Uh, but isn't this kind of the same – the last time the Warriors were in the finals and they played Toronto Raptors, this was kind of the same kind of structure the Celtics team has that the, the, the Raptors had, and they ended up being able to beat the Warriors pretty convincingly. So, I mean, great defense, timely shooting, and it really threw the Warriors off after the Warriors pretty much steamrolled their way there. And I don't know of many people outside of, you know, obviously Raptors fans that gave Toronto much of a chance. And from what I was seeing before this series started, it was kind of the same attitude. After everyone dismissed Golden State for the past two seasons, saying they were done and they were washed up, oh, lo and behold, here they come yep. again, dominant as ever. And, well, kind of running into the same kind of situation. Am I, I'm a very, very, very much a lapsed fan. So if I'm off base on that, please let me know. But to me, outside looking in, it kind of looks like the same scenario. I, I will I will just, just tweak something real quick, Chris. Just so, um, just so you're not out there in the ether, and all of a sudden you get hammered by Warriors fans. Uh, they didn't have Clay. Uh, I think he went out game one. That's right. They were very undermanned. That's 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 right. Okay. Yeah. And then Kevin uh, Durant went out game one, or it was the end, or it was the uh, Western Conference Finals. He went out, came back. No, he went out game one, I think, and then mm-hmm. came back later in the series. Uh, was on fire, and then he made one move, and that's what uh, tore his Achilles uh, Achilles heel, and he was out. So basically, they were down Clay Thompson, their second best shooter, and Kevin Durant, arguably one of the best players in the game. Right, right, okay. So, and it, essentially, it took Clay Thompson 
almost two full years to come back from his injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Kevin Durant, obviously. Uh, but they still – it still was a series. You know, they still had Draymond Green. They still have Steph, uh, Steph Curry. Uh, other pieces at that time to make it work, unfortunately, Kawhi Leonard, you know, was on fire. He nailed a corner three to send the Toronto Raptors into the final over the the process that is the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you yes, feel about that. I, I mean, I had to, I got to put my digs where I can. Uh, no, I, I can see it still was people were still leaning the Warriors um, until it looked like, you know, at, with, without Clay, without Kevin Durant, it didn't look like it was any hope. Um, this one, I think, you know, they have some kids that they've developed in Golden State. They're really uh, – what you see around the internet, Chris, and this is, this is actually good news for a lot of teams – it's all it's all homegrown talent. Nice. That's that's what you want to see. I like to see that. Yeah. 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 St- Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, um, Kevin Mooney. I, I'm I'm missing some guys. Those are all drafted, developed. Celtics. You got Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, um, Jason Tatum, uh, Grant Williams. I, it's all homegrown talent, drafted players. You know, there is a piece here or there, a veteran oh, talent sure, they yeah, brought yeah. in. But for the most part, these teams are based out of the draft. And I, I'm, I'm hopeful to see this kind of turn people into, hey, you can you can build through the draft and you can build pieces. Because none – I mean, obviously, Tatum was, Tatum was uh, third overall. Uh, Brown was third or fourth overall. Marcus Smart was sixth overall. So, you know, that's high talent right there. Oh, P.S. Yeah. P.S. That was the uh, – those are the draft picks, I think, or at least two of them are from Brooklyn for the Kevin Durant – not uh, Kevin Garnett, uh, Paul Pierce trade. Oh, okay. Well, that, that turned into just a bloodbath for the Brooklyn Nets. Something to be said there for uh, drafting – uh, properly and really doing your due diligence as well yep. and, and hitting yep. on those draft picks. Cause a lot of guys get drafted high and you don't ever hear from them again, but I am glad, I am glad you made that clarification about the whole, the Warriors missing several players there, because as I said, and I openly admit, uh, I, we used to watch Celtics together all the time. Uh, and some, some point around the time when college players only had to start playing for a year or not at all. And you weren't getting, you weren't getting the guy watch the guys in the NBA. You watched Buster Ass for two, three, four years in college play, kind of going right from high school to the NBA. It kind of took something out of it for me. I don't know why. It just there was something missing there for me, and I kind of my my fanhood definitely lapsed. But um, yeah, no, definitely they're undermanned in that one. So I'm glad you brought that up because I did not remember that until you mentioned it. But uh, yeah, it it's exciting at least. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, again. Not jumping on any bandwagon, because uh, I, I haven't been really paying attention all year, but I find myself even looking at the score, like, hoping they pull it off, because I know a lot of people who are Celtics fans, and mm-hmm. for their sake, I'd definitely like to see them do it, um, but, you know, Warriors, uh, I, I <laughs> as a Patriots fan, I kind of sympathize with Warriors fans, because people love to see the teams that were on top fall, absolutely love it, and 
the last segment we're going to have today is is a little bit of that. People trying to stomp our beloved football team out before the season even starts. And uh, I, I, get, I get a kick out of it. So we're going to, we're definitely going to get to that, but I have two tidbits for you, Chris. All right. I, th- I love I think Let's go. And I think you'll appreciate both of them. Sure. So, so the, the Boston Celtics this off season, uh, this postseason, in this order, they eliminated the, the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami heat. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, before this season, the three teams that eliminated them from them them from the playoffs the previous three seasons were the Brooklyn Nets, the M- Milwaukee Bucks, and the Miami Heat. So full circle, huh? <laughs> yeah. Another bit, another little tidbit, and this is for both both the Celtics and the Golden State Warriors, and, and I'm, I believe both fan bases are kind of enjoying this. A few years back, when. The Heat, or not the Heat, uh, the the Celtics and the Warriors were kind of thought as, you know, the prime teams, the teams that have assembled a, a staff of players that are going to fight for and contend for a NBA championship. I'm talking about, you know, the last year for Kevin Durant, you know, the year you were talking about when they lost to the Raptors. That was kind of their their pinnacle team. And on the other side, the Celtics. They had Gordon Hayward. They had Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, a young Jason Tatum, young Jalen Brown. Like they had all these pieces, and that's and and I think it was it was that off season Kevin Durant left for Brooklyn, and the following season Kyrie Irving left uh, the Boston Celtics to go to the Brooklyn Nets because they wanted to win a championship. And the irony is, the teams they left are now playing for a championship before they even got there. That's great. I love it. It's, it's just a That's little great. bit of irony there for you. And I know you appreciate kind of those kind of things. Oh yeah, and, definitely. Definitely. And if there's, if there's one thing that both fan bases can look at and kind of like go arm in arm about, it's the fact that Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant are sitting at home or on the beach somewhere, not playing because Kyrie decided he didn't want to get vaccinated. Kevin Durant, can't put the whole team on his shoulder he proved that in okc he proved that he actually proved that in in golden state that he couldn't put the team on his shoulder so he needed help uh and it's just that's just an interesting tidbit and it's not to dog either one of them it's just you you left for greener pastures and sometimes those pastures are not green both of those guys however have no problem running their mouth and dogging anyone else which is ironic from Durant's point of view. We said this before we started recording because he had a little run-in with some some media personalities uh, who I don't necessarily always agree with, but I think they're right against Durant here. Uh, Durant is one of the talented as he may be, and I don't deny that. Uh, one of the softer human beings. From <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, fragile, Chris. I fragile, think soft, whatever to ever ever put on a uniform in any sport. I mean, my God, this man cannot take criticism. Uh, you got to tiptoe around him, or he gets offended by something. Only so. rivaled by Mister uh, Mister Twelve up in Green Bay, I would say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you say one word against Aaron Rodgers, and he's he's got that butthurt scowl on his face for a month and a half. So, but we don't got to get into that right now. We have other stuff. Well, Aaron will come up again, just in, in this next list. But absolutely. Um. So. Are you all set with the Celtics? I don't want to cut you off there. I know what you're doing. No, no, no. I'm just 
I think by the time we record again, uh, wait, tonight's Sunday. Uh, no, actually, we'll probably be, be finished game four or game five. It's, it's, believe it or not, folks, it's a long series for to play seven games. Oh, yeah. So um, there, the likelihood of the Celtics sweeping is low because yeah. of the Warriors. So unless they do end up sweeping or it goes five games, I think we'll be uh, – We'll be doing a recap of, of what's going on and what, what to look forward to. Okay. Uh, uh, next week. Realistically, what do you how do you, how do you think it ends? How many games? Who wins it? I I have my gut instinct before the series started was seven games. Do you think it'll go seven? I think it's gonna go seven. And um I, I honestly, you know I root for the Celtics. I was trying to look at it logically. I, I was slightly favoring the Warriors on this. But you know me, I'm gonna yeah, you're gonna go with your team. Root, of root for yeah. my Celtics yeah. until the last minute. Um, and, and after game one, I'm like, it's seven, all right, dude. But now I'm tipping the scales to the Celtics side. Great defense can always pull it out unexpectedly. You're not, That's you're, right. you're not going out there trying. I mean, we are obviously trying to outscore them. That's the whole point of a sporting competition. But you're not necessarily sending people out there to try to outscore all their top guys you're paid hey, we got to do what we got to do we got to stop them we got to play our game so yep you can do it once you can do it again all right so i ran into this earlier because you know full disclosure content this time of year can be a little tough to come up with uh, we we try to find nhl topics well ben does he knows what he's talking about there and uh, uh i'm i'm about as useful talking about the nhl as ray charles is doing a vision test so um, it, it, it's, I don't, I can't help you there guys. I'm sorry. Uh, in baseball, there's cool stuff happening, but the season's 162 games. It's a slog. It's hard to get through. And honestly, where people are right now and teams are positioned is going to be completely different in a month. And it's just like dissect everything week after week. It's just too much. So we go back to what we know we're comfortable with and that's football. And I found this list of bold predictions by, I want to get the guy's name right here, because uh, we didn't come up with this. Uh, Adam Sheen. Uh, don't know much about. Don't know much uh, about the guy. Don't you know? And not no not not dogging him, not praising him, just giving him credit for writing the article. Uh, bold predictions for the upcoming 2022 NFL season. Uh, he had nine predictions, um, and it's not really. I mean, they're bold predictions. You and I do this a couple of times during the season, every now and then, just. Random stuff we think could be possible, probably won't happen, but let's throw it out there and see. Uh, and some I agree with, some I think he's, you know, looking for clicks and downloads, but whatever. Um, so I'm just going to read them off and we can discuss them. And um, I thought that'd be a fun thing to do here to wrap up the show. Uh, okay, so number nine, the Bears will finish with the worst record in the NFL. Uh, and his reasoning is, you know, he feels, feels, Fields' rookie season was torpedoed by Nagy and he still has to develop under the new head coach and they don't have a proven wide receiver one, which Mooney looked good last year, but is he a one who knows Fields has to develop more? They lost Khalil Mack and Hicks and it's still kind of a mess there. Um, not a really good running back. Exciting potential young quarterback. And then a whole lot of question marks. So do you agree with that? Or do you think someone else has the worst record? 
Um, I would say if if you you put it to me like that, it, it's going to be a coin flip between two teams. It's either the Bears or the Falcons. Um, so I I don't think this is too outlandish. I don't think it's really a bold pick prediction to be to be quite honest Chris it's not that bold and that's probably why it's number nine but yeah uh I mean they're in a position where they're they're trying to figure out what offensive weapons they actually have and a new coaching regime got to figure out if Justin Fields is it or not I think he is but I think you pointed out correctly that uh, Nagy hindered his development unfortunately for him so i don't think he's out out of place on this i would say atlanta's probably right there with them and maybe carolina's right there uh also nipping at the heels of a uh the worst record in the in the league yeah um the rest of them it's it's gonna be you know injuries is what's gonna really dictate right who has the worst record in the yeah. league or just you know, a quarterback that a young quarterback that's in like he's pointing out, you know, Justin Fields, you know, it could be easily uh, Wilson with the Jets that could just absolutely bomb out. I know I picked him to bomb, but just I'm just putting it out there. It's, it's a possibility or the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh could absolutely just implode. So sh- short answer. Yeah, I, I, I think this is he's kind of hitting it just right here with uh, this prediction. I disagree with this one. Um, I think, I mean, you look at teams that could potentially have the worst record. You look at the Seahawks. They're going to probably have Drew Locke at quarterback. There's still talk of Jimmy G, maybe Baker Mayfield, ending up in Seattle. Uh, Obviously, I think either of those guys are improving over Drew Locke. That defense is still a little suspect. The offensive line is suspect. The running back situation is, eh. Uh, talented guys, but can't stay healthy. I still think they managed to win five, six games minimum because they have two of the best receivers in the game. Um, uh, Panthers, man, they're they want to start off three and zero and then went two and twelve last year. So Darnold clearly is not the guy. Falcons, they won seven games last year with Matt Ryan, and they're going to be a year better. Uh, Kyle Pitts is going to you know be improved, but then they don't have. Really, number one receiver. Who knows what they get from Marcus Mariota? They could definitely be a contender to be the worst team. There's always the Lions. I mean, I know they had the, oh, they had the the top pick or eighth odd second pick, but like they have for how many years and they still don't win crap. So it doesn't mean anything. And they're still, I mean, Amara St. Brown looked good. DeAndre Swift has looked good, but you got to prove it. And this is one of the worst run franchises in all of the professional sports. So I don't, I don't see much from them. Uh, the entire AFC West could win 10-plus games, so there's nobody there. Uh, Jaguars, I think, will be much better. They're going to win more than three games. South looks pretty good. Uh, Steelers, you're right. They could completely implode. Who knows what they expect from them. I don't think anybody in the East is in danger of only winning two or three games. Even the Jets, I think you're going to have a... They're going to have Buffalo on top. Uh, but... You know, and if you if you listen to all the pundits, uh, Tua and 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 Tyree Kill are going to make sure the Dolphins never lose another game in their existence. So, um, 
I'm going to have to go with a team like Atlanta or the Lions, personally. I don't think it would be the Bears. I think the Bears could surprise people and end up winning six or seven games, which isn't a ton, but it's not the worst record in the league. So, All right. Uh, okay. Got the right, right to find tab, right tab here. All right, there we go. Number eight. Justin Jefferson ranks top three in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Again, folks, these are not all barn burners, but, <laughs> like, you know. Uh, this one, I believe, 100% could be possible. He could be number one in all those, without a doubt. He's a generational talent. He's dynamic. You got guys like him and Jamar Chase who are going to give everyone a run for their money in the wide receiver hierarchy. I have no problem with this one whatsoever. It's not really – I don't have a problem with it either. It's not really a bull pick. No. Like, they, they get better. Can, they get better. <laughs> can, can you can you throw some I, – I, I'll take your word for it, but if – your Adam shines like. Can you at least throw something up? That's throw a wide receiver in there. That's gonna make me scratch my head a little bit. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. It's like mm, this one doesn't. It yeah. just doesn't. Jefferson's so, as good as they come. I mean, there's no that wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, seven. J.K. Dobbins wins comeback player of the year. Ah, I, I don't have a problem with this. I don't think it'll be him. Uh, my thing. I actually think it'll be. Travis Etienne, um, but I don't know if he actually qualifies if he never actually played. And I don't say that sarcastically. I mean, if he never actually stepped on the field his rookie year, is he actually comeback player of the year? Um, I think could he even, could he even get rookie? He could probably eventually get rookie of the year, I think. I don't actually know how that would work because, yeah, he never actually stepped on the field during an actual game and played. So it, you got to wonder. I mean, Ben Simmons got rookie of the year. In his second season, because he never stepped foot on the uh, court. Yeah. In his, in his, so it, I don't know if NBA has, or the NFL have the same, you know, thing going on. It's like Itro got a rookie of the year in his rookie season, but we know Itro was not quite a young kid coming into the league when he did. Right. Uh, right. I, I would say this is a this is a pretty good pick. Um, I don't know what he's going to look like. I think he's a good pick to to kind of slide in there. Um, yeah, I don't know if Travis Etienne would actually qualify because he, you know, really didn't. Anything would be better because he didn't do anything. So, I don't know. It, it's it's a kind of a head scratcher, really. I'll, I do know the Jaguars need any kind of good publicity. So, if he ended up getting it, so it would be probably a good plus for the team at that point. Oh, yeah, and then they can find someone to trade him to because they can't keep talent. So, um, yeah, I have no problem with that one. I, I think there's other guys mm-hmm. who are going to definitely be in contention. Which uh, Whatever Bosa tore his ACL last year is going to be in contention also. Um, I think it was I think it was the guy from the Chargers. I think it was Nick Bosa. Or no, that would have been Joey. Joey with the Chargers, I think, is the one that tore his ACL. I don't know. Um, unless it was a year before. I lose track of all this stuff. There's so many ACLs tearing, it's hard to keep track of. But... All right, uh, number six, the Cardinals will miss the playoffs. Hmm, that's a good one. This one, I, I don't... you look at it from the surface and you're like, no. But then you look at how they've just fallen. They dropped dead as far as competition goes in the last half of the last couple uh... of seasons. And it's like, you kind of get it. It's possible. Well, here's, I- I'll push back on that, Chris. I'm looking at the entire like landscape of the NF- NFC. Oh, we, 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 weaker we, conference. 
Right. We yeah, talked yeah. about okay. this. Like, yeah. th- there's a lot of quarterbacks that ejected from the yeah. conference into the AFC. And you still have the supposed Jimmy G trade that's going to, this is going to upset, you know, some poor under fans, especially some that I know. <laughs> um, Trey Lance isn't ready. And I, I don't think that's a, a positive for this this season. It could be a positive for the following seasons, but this one. So now you're looking at the Rams. Yeah, they could dominate, but you could still have the Cardinals make it as a wild card. I I, I look at the Packers, the Cardinals, and the Bucks kind of dominating their divisions, and then the NFC least is just going to fight with each other until someone figures it out. Um, and they're just, it's going to be a, you know, a bloodbath in the East where they're just going to all lose to each other. So the wild cards, the high probability of wild cards will come from elsewhere. And we just pointed out, uh, four teams in the, between the North and the South that could buy for the worst, uh, record in the league. So you start doing the math. And realistically, I don't know if even without DeAndre, when he gets back, he'll probably be DeAndre still, and they'll probably get themselves in the playoffs. Will they succeed? I don't know, but they could still fight themselves right, right into a wild card berth. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll miss the playoffs either, uh, but I, I do understand the prediction, seeing as they've just completely seemed to drop out of whatever kind of rhythm or mojo they were having in the first half of the season, they look great. And then the second half of the season, they just look like a shell of themselves and there's really no explanation for it. I mean, the talent doesn't go away. I mean, Kyler was banged up a little bit last year, but he was healthy and came back and looked okay for a game or two. And then just completely was very unkyler Like he's yet to prove he can play through an entire season and be effective. Um, and I, I agree. I mean, you look at the teams that are going to, you know, the teams that could take the wild card. I personally think the NFC East is the Eagles to give away. I think they're better than the Cowboys. They're far and away better than the Commanders and the Giants. The defense is all right in that offense. If Jalen Hurts takes another step forward, that's going to be a dangerous team. Cowboys will probably get a wild card, which they'll promptly lose in the first round. Um, Got to go with... Depending on this new coach and how you know he ends up panning out in Minnesota... Uh, you could see the Vikings and the Packers vying for the North because I don't think the Packers are going to be as dominant as they were the last couple of seasons. I really don't. Devontae Adams leaving is going to hurt that team a lot. Uh, and then you get the Bucks and maybe the Saints. If we get good Jameis, they'll be competing. And then you're going to have the Niners and the Rams also competing with the Cardinals. So, I mean, if some of these teams like the Saints and the Vikings step it up more than they did last year, it's a I see a world where the Cardinals don't make it if they don't if they just keep going at their current pace and they don't pick it up in the latter half of the season. I, I can very much see that, but I mean it's it's probably not likely. But six games without DeAndre Hopkins, they don't have the same running game they had last year. The defense isn't as dominant. They lost some key pieces there, and Kyler's more concerned about what photos are on his Instagram than he is, you know, getting ready for the season. So. A lot to figure out, and they could either turn it around and make it go really good, or it could get really ugly, and you could see a lot of people moving. It, that, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm going to say, though, that they don't miss the playoffs. I don't think they will. 
Okay. Number five, Nick Bosa wins Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I have to disagree. Not because Nick Bosa isn't a great player, just because, uh, you know, one of my favorite non-Patriots players I've ever watched is T.J. Watt, and I think it's his to lose, followed by Aaron Donald if he should play. Um, I don't have a whole lot else on that. I just I think that the stats those two guys accumulate are just kind of a bigger impact on, on potential defensive player of the year votes. I think this is definitely a possibility. Um, but, <laughs> however, Chris... It really and it really hinges on him exceeding above expectations, and Aaron Donald and or T.J. Watt need to. I don't wish injury on them, but they would need to get injured in some form or fashion, whether it's a game or two, half season, to really affect their chances, because. Uh, if you're sitting back there, no, it's no offense to any player in the league. And actually, you, and you've speak about this for the past few years, uh, TJ Bott, you, you feel has been getting denied defensive player of the year just because Aaron Donald's been so dominant that sometimes mm-hmm. he doesn't give the stats. But now he's got the award. And now it's, as you pointed out, it's TJ Watt or, or Aaron Donald and I think it's possible that Bosa could get it, but he just he needs to impact the game like those two do. That's that's all I can say. He needs to impact the way he needs to essentially, you know, Aaron Donald, we've talked about this. If they don't have Aaron Donald, I, first off, they're probably not in the Super Bowl. Second off, they're not winning the damn thing if they don't have him. Right. Uh and then TJ Watt, like he single-handedly at some points last season, the season before that, were the reason why they were in playoff contention or got to the playoffs. Yep. So, and when you see TJ lose teammates that make his job harder than it needs to be, he transitioned his game to become more of a complete player. Same thing with Aaron Donald. And to the point, Aaron Donald made play players better on his team. So it'll be tough, but I do I do see a path for Nick Bosa. It's just a it's it's a tough one to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he certainly has a talent too. I'm you know no disrespect to Nick Bosa at all, but I yeah I got to go with uh, I'm gonna go with T.J. Watt until he proves otherwise. So number four. Derek Carr will lead the NFL in passing yards. I think it's possible. I think it's very possible. He almost had 5,000 last year. Didn't you add the best receiver in the game? I mean, yeah. This one is – this isn't a long shot to me at all. This is how far they go, how many games they win. I mean, that's going to depend on a lot more things. But this team did a lot on both sides of the ball to improve their game. And – I mean, he almost had 5,000 last year. I mean, you had Devontae Adams in there. Man, I mean, even if Josh Jacobs, you know, returns the form from his rookie year, this, this guy can still go for 5,000. So I don't, this isn't far-fetched to me at all. No, and, and and if you're out there thinking, 
that's impossible. Derek Carr's not a great quarterback, and the Raiders aren't a great team. Just remember what is said. It's he's going to lead the league in passing. Kirk Cousins is usually top five in passing yards in the league, but his team is not successful. So Derek Carr can still the, the Raiders can still be a five hundred below five hundred team, miss the playoffs or be a wild card team and get blown out in the first round. I think this is almost a drop in the bucket guarantee that he's going to get 5,000 yards. He's got Hunter Renfro. He's got Darren Waller. Yeah. He's got Josh Jacobs. Oh, by the way, he's got Devontae. He's the best receiver in football. But yeah. So yeah. I, I think this is almost a foregone conclusion. He now has Josh McDaniels as his head coach. And despite that, he might still do it. Right. Uh, I gained a lot of respect for Derek Carr last year because I, like a lot of people, didn't really see him as a viable not as a viable quarterback. Obviously, he was, but like not as a great leading quarterback, I guess. And this team went through the whole Josh Gruden mess. Then they went through the whole Henry Ruggs. You know, uh, that's that's a mess created by Henry Ruggs. He's the one to blame for his mess. Uh, and then the Damon Arnett mess. All in a matter of it seemed like one after another. And this guy kept his team. Yeah, they had some uptime, you know, good times. Bad times, up and down play. This guy kept his team on the right track. He proved he was a leader, and he didn't let it, as much as they could possibly not let it affect him, let it affect him on the field. I got nothing bad to say about that. I'm not a Raiders fan, never will be, but I I have to tip my hat when something's done right, and the organization as a whole remove the problems and issues and try to bring in guys who can help rewrite the culture and kind of take some of that stigma away. And you really can't get a whole lot better than Devontae Adams. Uh, and then they brought in a lot of other talent on the defensive side too. I mean, this guy can absolutely lead the league in passing. Uh, number three. Uh, here, here, here we go. This is... This is where it starts getting dumb. Yeah, I think I just threw up. <laughs> Why? I, I just I just saw it. Oh, you did? Yeah, I have it, I have it pulled up on oh, okay. yeah. NFL.com. Aaron Rodgers three peats as MVP, and this guy does the same thing everyone else does. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback ever. He's the most talented quarterback ever. He's this and he's that. Yeah, until he doesn't have an all-star defense to help him win a championship, and he doesn't flop in the first round of the playoffs and not show up at all. Besides those things, he's awesome. Uh, and he is, by the way. I've never taken that away from him. On the field, he's great. Off the field, he's a complete jackass. Uh, and everything is everyone else's fault. Um, I know Devontae Adams uh, says that he, or essentially says, you know, on certain terms, that he left because he couldn't get a commitment from the Packers. And by the time they were ready to pay him, uh, he had ready. To, he was ready to move on. Well, he was ready to move on, and they weren't ready to pay him because they were worried about credit the air in the entire offseason. And then they had to coax him to come back and then lose in their first playoff game and then pay him an exorbitant amount of money. And then they turned their attention to the best receiver and arguably one of the most important players on their team. Uh, not arguably. Arguably the most important player on the team. 
And, um, yeah, by the time they did that, he wanted to go. So Aaron Rodgers can thank himself for Devontae Adams not being there anymore. Uh, this guy doesn't sniff the MVP award. Sorry. There's no way. I, I, I think, like, so much of his stuff went to Devontae Adams. Like, he'd throw it, he'd overthrow MVS, and that was MVS's fault. Uh, he he wouldn't throw it to Alan Lazard, even though when Lazard was injured, Lazard was going to be the savior when he came back, and he wouldn't throw it to Lazard enough, and he would only use the tight ends once every three games. And, like, the only reason all of these guys ever got to uh, even sniff any like relevance stat-wise is because Devontae Adams was taking the focus off him. Like, you and I are big MBS fans, and I'm glad he's went somewhere else. And he's going to get a chance somewhere else, right. uh, but like we're not making not make no mistake about it. We were never comparing him to Devontae Adams. We were just saying if they would give him some other routes to run that weren't just hey, let's pretend we're playing Deion Sanders primetime football and we're just going to throw a hail mary 18 <laughs> times a game. If they gave him some actual routes to run, he could have done something. But they didn't. They said just run down the field, and then Aaron would do his run around like a chicken with his head cut off thing and throw it overthrow him by 20 yards, and that's somehow his fault. And then he wouldn't throw to him again for three weeks. He's in a lot of trouble. This this offense is not even close to as potent as it has been in the last couple of years. Aaron's older, and he just gets more bitter every time he steps onto the field. If, look, if Aaron Rodgers comes out and has and wins the MVP, I will be I'll be stunned. I won't take back what I said because what I've said is, is <laughs> it's it's a culmination of what he's accomplished at this point and how he's acted. So I don't I don't take back anything I've said, but I will absolutely absolutely put him up there with the best of the best regular season quarterbacks. If if he can have a, a season even in contention for MVP, but I find that hard with guys like Josh Allen out there. Guys like Joe Burrow, who's only going to be better. A healthy Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, uh, and those are just the guys I'm seeing on the list here. Never mind, uh, 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 you know, the guys who are just going to continue to improve. What's Russell Wilson going to do in Denver? What's Derek Carr going to do in Oakland? Or Oakland. <laughs> Still do it. Vegas. Uh, Justin Herbert. Forgetting about this guy? Who has as much talent around him on offense and defense as anybody. And is pretty damn good. And you're going to tell me with all that, you're still so hard on for Aaron Rodgers that you're going to say he's going to win his third MVP in a row? There's no way. Oh, and by the way, a dude named Tom Brady is still down here in Tampa Bay. So there's that. I mean, I I, I don't know if I need to say much after everything you went on about. Uh, I will add this, though, Chris. It is um, – they are built. They are built to survive without Devontae Adams. Survive, and, yes. Yes. Well, no, no, no. They're built to 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 transit. Let me rephrase that. They're built to transition away from Devontae Adams. And that is they have transitioned to two back two back two running back system where they have AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a proven thousand yard rusher, excellent receiver out of the backfield. AJ Dillon had eight hundred yards last year. They both ran the ball for over 4.3 yards a game. Productive running backs. I say they're built. The running game does not help 
Aaron Rodgers' ego. So therefore, this is a dumb statement, dumb bold prediction, because Aaron Rodgers, if they're going to win, it is because of Aaron Rodgers, and that's in his mind. They could absolutely win the division handily. They can make a nice run with a two-running back system where they're running the ball down the throat of every other team, little play-action pass, develop these kids, develop some of the receivers. They got a nice tight end still, Robert Tanya. They can hit Aaron Jones out of the backfield. But that would – and I, I try not to laugh too hard, Chris. That would require Aaron Rodgers to – Sit his ego aside. <laughs> For, yeah, you, anything you're about to say is irrelevant now. And and just win it for the team, and that's not going to happen. So no, it's just it's just not going to happen. This is this is the world we live in, where the Packers built it correctly. They've been drafting defense. They have a nice running game built some uh as some offensive linemen but i mean aaron Rodgers wants to win aaron Rodgers' way and they're not built that way no so. they're not, they, they don't have the offense to throw the ball 60 times a game anymore and hope to win it, they don't it's not the team anymore they don't have that build <laughs> okay this actually number two isn't isn't that crazy to me um the Chargers will field the top three offense and defense, uh, and I. It's to- totally possible. It isn't. This isn't irrational to me at all. This isn't crazy. I can absolutely see this. This team is scary. This team is very scary. They are very very good. Um. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> they they need to hurry up though. I'll tell you that much because that. Oh yeah, they got to do it uh, next couple of years be before, yeah, before Herbert's contract is up. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, real quick. It, it, it's just like Joe Burrow and the Bengals. They need to hurry up too because yep. that clock, that clock's ticking. You know, so it, it's kind of the argument I, I've been on the side with with the Patriots. How you know, hey, your clock's ticking, guys. But I did you know, some soul searching, some thought processing on what the Patriots have done the past two seasons. So I'm kind of just going to see what Bill does with this team, but these are two teams, the Bengals and the Chargers who need to push it all in now because they need to win. They don't have that, that, that winning lineage. So, and I, I, I know it doesn't have anything about the Bengals, but I think you, you you should put the Bengals in that category too with the the uh, the Chargers. Oh yeah, absolutely. But this this team is built to win now. But can they? I don't know. But the top three in both sides of the ball. I I, I don't see why that's not possible. I think it totally is. And, and kind of off topic here, real quick before we get to number one, uh, I, do you see any any world where? Okay, Tua, Tua was on a on his own. I know he was one of the three guys drafted, the top three quarterbacks two years ago. Okay, fine, but he hasn't proven nearly what Burrow and Herbert have by by a long shot. Uh, do you see any world where Burrow and Herbert come out and they have seasons that just continue to build on their their ability level? They show improvement. They continue to grow. 
I think both teams don't even bother picking up a fifth-year option. I think they throw out the rookie con- – well, not throw them out, but they give them extensions right off the bat. They don't even wait. They do the same thing the Chiefs do with Mahomes. They don't want to wait because they know these guys are their franchise quarterbacks. Do you see any yeah. way that doesn't happen? No, I don't see any – any yeah. in any reality that that doesn't happen because it's just – they're developing and, and pro- pro- you know progressing each and every year. And they're it's it's unfortunate for Lamar Jackson that he's had to do this, but because the way the offense is built and made, and the way they guard, they they catered the offense so much around Lamar Jackson and his ability to run the ball. It's why there's hesitation with signing him long term. And so there's no there's no hesitation with with Burrow or, or Herbert there. Their star quarterbacks in a in a quarterback driven league, they pass the ball. They're mobile enough to get out of trouble, and they're accurate. It's it's no brainers. Yeah. All right, number one, uh, and look, I'm not the fact. Look, it's about the Patriots. Spoiler. Okay, so the fact that he's not saying they're going to be a top team doesn't bother me because realistically. The Patriots are going to have a very hard time hanging with okay. teams like the Chargers, the Bengals, even probably the Raiders, definitely the Bills. Um, some of these other teams, though, I mean, this guy says out of the 16 teams, the Patriots will finish 14th in the AFC. I mean, that to me is insane, and that to me is the same thing. I mentioned it earlier. I'm going to tie it in here where people were saying the Warriors were uh, were a washed-up uh, franchise because they had a couple of down years due to injuries and, and whatever the case may have been. Uh, and then, lo and behold, here they are just back again because they know how to build the team. I, I'm i not under any any illusion here that the Patriots are going to be a, a massive Super Bowl favorite or it's going to be like the Brady years where they're just going to, you know, they're just going to pick it up and they're going to win 10 straight or whatever. This is going to be a solid team, though. They got faster on defense. They got a little bit younger. And while they don't necessarily have a pure number one receiver, they got a guy like Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. I wish I had Devontae Adams. <laughs> Devontae <laughs> Parker. No no disrespect to Devontae Parker. He's not quite Devontae Adams. I'm very excited about Devontae Parker. Kendrick Bourne looks like a natural fit. That guy's just going to have a much better year. Uh, they have um, Jacoby Myers back. Uh, Nelson Aguilar didn't necessarily have the year he was hoping to last year, but who knows what happens there. They drafted that kid out of school uh, out of, uh, in the draft. He was so fast. And they have Mac Jones, who was the top rookie quarterback last year. I mean, and everybody from, from all accounts, this guy has shown up and has been nothing but a leader, and he's in the best shape of his life. He's ready to go. He's buying into the system. Offensive line is going to be a bit, you know, might be a little bit shaky to begin with. Defense should be solid. This isn't going to be a top three team. I'm not delusional about that. But to sit there and say the Steelers and the Titans, who don't have anyone to throw the ball to, by the way, uh, the Jaguars, who haven't proven they can win more than three games in almost half a decade, uh, and the Browns, who don't even know who their quarterback's going to be because Deshaun Watson might still be suspended, uh, on top of the Ravens, who have a quarterback with a contract dispute, the Dolphins, who have a quarterback who made one deep throw in practice, and now all of a sudden he's Peyton Manning. Um, the Colts, who 
with everybody but Matt Ryan last year couldn't get the job done. And it's not like Matt Ryan made a routine habit of getting the job done in Atlanta. Like, there's so many what-ifs. Just to say they're going to be the 14th best team. Look, they're not going to beat the Bills for the East. They're not going to win the division. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm being realistic. The Bills are going to be a top team without a doubt. Super Bowl contender. Patriots are going to vie for a wild card. They're going to be a quality football team, and they're only going to get better because, unlike all these other teams that made all these moves everyone's bragging about, they have not put themselves into potential salary cap purgatory by making moves they can't afford. The Dolphins cannot afford Tyreek Hill. If they can now, they certainly won't be able to afford anybody else within a couple of years. So if Tua is as good as they say he is, good luck re-signing him. You know, the... the <laughs> Uh, the, the Raiders probably can't sign anybody else, although they'll probably be good with who they have because they have their core team locked up. Uh, the Ravens, who's Lamar going to throw to? And he can't just run it all the time. He's already had some injuries, and that's going to start piling up and hurting him. Russell Wilson didn't win in Seattle unless he had an elite defense around him. And he doesn't have an elite defense in Denver. He's a good defense and a good offense, but he's still got to put it together. Who knows what the Steelers are? I mean, there's just so many what-ifs. It just seems to me this is a case of let's kick them while they're down because they got killed by Buffalo last year in the playoffs. And you're going to get a bunch of people to click on that and read the article because, look, people love seeing the Patriots get knocked. It's the same way people love seeing the Yankees get knocked in baseball. I get it. I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm right there with you. But it's just not realistic. This team's going to finish way better than 14. They're going to compete. They're going to compete for a wild card. Or, I mean, I would be shocked. Wow, just there's just so many problems I have. Yeah. And I know <laughs> I I know what he's doing. He's he's eliciting this kind of response from someone like me and you, who is just going to he's dangling that bait out and said, Oh, look where I put your Patriots. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. You want me to bite? I'll bite. Um his last statement i will put it that way that bill belichick is a great greatest coach football coach ever but lack a true replacement for josh mcdaniels scares me a lot you know what scares me chris you know what scares me uh i will skip the chargers the Bengals, and the bills i have respect for all three of those teams they have a uh, for the most part proven their case uh, mm-hmm. Injuries, injuries withstanding. Uh, the Colts, um, Matt Ryan concerns me uh, greatly. Uh, does he still have the ability to throw the ball? He hasn't proved that much in the past few years in Atlanta. You can say what you want about his weapons. He's had some weapons. He's had Julio Jones. He's had Calvin Ridley. He had Kyle Pitts last year. He's had a decent running game. So. I I am all for the Matt Ryan deal. He's got Jonathan Taylor. He's got some weapons on the outside. He's got some tight ends. He's got one of the best offensive line in the league. Can he perform? That would scare me. The Raiders, they're unproven. As a team, as a collective, this offense is unproven. We like Josh McDaniels. I know you wanted Josh McDaniels out because 
Everyone did. That's the thing. They're acting like he's a huge loss. Everyone said how bad he was last year. I mean, I, I, I'm not convinced he's the answer. You, I will counter your no true replacement for Josh McDaniels with, all right, the Raiders took Josh McDaniels. He's not going to be – if he's the offensive coordinator, then who's running the defense? All right, he needs to put some focus on the defense. That was one of his problems in Denver as the head coach is he put too much emphasis on the offense. And oh, by the way, he drafted a quarterback named Tim Tebow in the first round, which was a huge mistake. And that's set the franchise back many, many years. Miami Dolphins. Great. You got all this talent on offense. You got Tua. I like Tua. Everyone likes Tua. He hasn't proven it yet. So you can't sit there and put Tua above Mac Jones as a quarterback because Mac Jones has done a lot more than, than Tua. Not only in the pros, <clears throat> but he also did at Alabama much more than Tua did. Uh, Baltimore Ravens. They had injury uh, issues all last year. I'm not going to really crap on him too much. However, everyone needs to get back on the field and you need to resolve your quarterback situation because that's going to linger and that can affect the team. I agree with you on Denver Broncos wholeheartedly, Chris. I don't, I don't know what that's going to be. I like Russell Wilson, but it's unproven. As much as uh, any replacement or non-existent replacement for Josh McDaniels is, is a concern, the whole offensive structure is concerned. So let's let's call that even right there. The Chiefs. This is where I'm going to just hit him the hardest. That offense was predicated on the ability that when sh- was going sideways, oh, I can throw the ball up to Tyreek Hill. Yep. And he's going to be there. All you need to do is blanket coverage, uh, Travis Kelsey, and your problem solved. We saw that in the AFC Championship game. <clears throat> Cleveland Browns. Everyone's going to put asterisks on the Cleveland Browns because no one knows how long Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended. If he's suspended six or seven games, guess what? They're already below the Patriots at that point. Steelers, you can't tell me. Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, or Kenny Pickett is going to be anywhere comparable to what Mac Jones is, done, is going to do this season. I'm sorry. That's not reality. We're not sitting in that reality. I like Najee Harris, their wide receiver core, as we've seen in the past four or five years, is Diva Central. It ain't going to change until they change the culture in, in the wide receiver room. That's all I got to say about that. Tennessee Titans, I love Derrick Henry. I like their offense. I like the way it's structured. Guess what they don't have anymore, Chris? Anyone to throw the ball to. Correct, which means I'm going to stack eight, nine, ten in the box and make Ryan Tannehill beat me. And guess what Ryan Tannehill can't do? He beat can't anybody. beat you. That's <laughs> right. So I have just debunked the Tennessee Titans. And his sole argument in this entire piece, the one he puts the most gas behind, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Are you kidding me? The Jacksonville Jaguars. I was trying not to swear there, Chris, for you. Are you kidding me? I like Trevor Lawrence. I like Travis Etienne. However, this team needs a couple years to really kind of just settle that team. And oh, by the way, Doug Peterson's a breath of fresh air. That's because the toxicity, and I 
let, let, let's just let's just make sure we identify this correctly. One of the first people who do it identify this as a problem of a reviring getting the team was right here. Yeah. Yeah. The toxicity toxicity in that locker room is quite relevant. So anything coming in was going to be a net positive. You idiot. So I'm telling you, I would have respected, honestly, I would have respected the Titans a little bit higher than the, than the Patriots, maybe one slot higher. I would have respected that because you're seeing the potential in what the Titans are building. Sure. Oh, not the Titans, uh, the Texans, sorry. But I basically just put the Patriots from number 14 to four or five. Yeah, and I, 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 I feel weird taking up for the Jets as a Patriots fan, but the Jets are not going to be the worst team in this conference. They have a young quarterback who I think, I don't think he's going to be worth what they drafted him at, but Zach Wilson can be a solid quarterback, and they have a very talented receiving core. The running backs get going, and the offensive line can stay healthy. This can be a team that can do some damage. It could win, you know, this could be a 6-7-8 win team. And Houston with... Davis Mills looked good last year. I mean, there's a lot of teams on this list they ranked above these top three, the Patriots, Texans, and Jets, who have way more question marks and nobody to possibly answer the questions. So I agree with you. I don't I, – I see – I mean, again, Patriots are not going to beat the Bills for the AFC East, but they are going to be a contender, and they're going to be a, a wildcard contender. And once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. Uh, it's It's – yeah, that was absurd to me. But, again, it's the whole – it's the kick them while they're down mentality because he knows by writing this and making it the first one, all the Patriot haters who are, besides a small handful of people who are really fans of the game and can appreciate a well-run team, uh, the other 31 fan bases are going to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to read this. <laughs> I'm going to love this. So credit to him for for knowing all the buzzwords. But, um, yeah, common sense-wise and logic-wise, uh, he did the rest of his list a disservice because – I mean, this Pittsburgh, really? They're so uncoordinated on offense. Like, their receivers are more worried about making TikTok videos and catching passes. And who knows who's going to throw them the ball? <laughs> and in Pittsburgh, even if you have a good quarterback throwing on the ball, it's pretty likely that Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool are just going to drop it and make a TikTok video about it. So, there's at least two or three egregious teams they put ahead of them. And a couple you could even argue on, and you made some very good arguments there also. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it was a fun list to go over, but that first one, it threw me for a loop when I read it. I'm like, this is literally just feeding into all the Patriot haters are going to click on this and read it. That's it. I mean, I appreciate it. It gave us content. We were struggling to find it for the week, but not very sensical at all. And I'd be very interested to see when the season's over where that list ranks. And I do realize it's bold predictions. I do realize that. And he does say that, that he, that that's just based on his list is how loosely the AFC hierarchy uh, is and, and how far it is from actually being solidified. you got the top three or four teams and then it's wide open. I mean, you could easily see the Patriots be five or six again without injuries, which I don't wish on anybody, but without, Pretty significant injuries. I don't think they're going to overtake the Bengals, Chargers, or Bills. But, look, they've played the Chargers twice with Justin Herbert. And they've beat the Chargers twice with Justin Herbert. 
the Bills, as good as they were last year, got embarrassed, not only by the Patriots on that Monday night game, and I don't want to hear, oh, well, it was the win. Yeah, you know what? It was still a game on an even playing field that both teams had equal time to prepare for. So stop crying. Uh, and, and you know, the Bengals look good, but, you know, they... Are we going to see consistency? We saw a lot of good things last year from Burrow and Jamar Chase and that whole group. Are they going to be the same team this year? Probably. But we don't know. Oh, and the Jaguars. That's the other team. The Jaguars beat the Bills last year without the Bills scoring a touchdown. So, I mean, there's room for improvement from all these teams. And I'm not going to believe the Colts can do a damn thing until I see it. Never mind ranked fourth. So, that's that. Anything else? Are you good? Um, I'm finished. I just, I, I'm loaded on that. Like, that's <laughs> just like, all right. Oh. Thank you very much for listening to episode 178. If you have any questions for Ben or I on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, we'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSpod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BCTSpod.com. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, subscribe, and ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Sunday. There you go.